Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 94. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded on Wednesday, November 20th, and is being released on Thursday, November 21st, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or leave any feedback. It's always appreciated, so that's the perfect place to go, pixelswim.com. <laughs> say it every week, but anyway, uh, yeah, head over there if you want to get in touch. So let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links. So starting off with feedback after episode 93, just like to say thank you to Simon Nobbs, who uh, says it's a shame about the LG V30 being cut from the list. Uh, he says he still thinks it has legs, and for the price you would be paying, would be a great daily driver for another year to 18 months. And yeah, I think I'm starting to agree with that a little bit. Also, thank you to Tristan Grufford. Grufford. Again, Tristan, I'm sorry uh, if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I'm not sure where to put the emphasis there. Uh, let's see. Very good show again, but still some interference, but you enjoyed it nevertheless. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I thought I had gotten all the interference last time. Uh, hopefully this time will be good and clear and uh, we'll be good to go. But uh, yeah, thanks to Simon and Tristan for reaching out on MeWe. And thanks to Kyle Helms, who also reached out via Twitter. And I think I, uh, I talked to Mike Latore this week as well, a little bit about uh, topics of the last episode. So, uh, yeah. Oh, Simon Nobbs actually also chipped in and said uh, that he, he says, if you've decided not to go with the V30, then the LG G8 looks like a great device. Unfortunately, it's not widely available here in the UK, so we're not likely to see one in the wild. I have had a quick hands-on with the LG G7. It's okay, but the Moto G7 Plus is a better buy in my opinion. So yeah, uh, thanks for Simon for all that feedback. After uh, I've been going over my lists of devices, so people responding to that has been very nice to get input about all that stuff. But I think that's it for feedback from episode 93. And I'll get a little bit more into my list here shortly or after a, f a few things here. So uh, with that said, let's dive into this week's LG G6 Weekly Report. Welcome to the LG G6 Weekly Report. All right, so I'm still on the Moto X4. <laughs> That's still my, my sim is still in there uh, as I search for another device and haven't really used the G6 much. I did bring it into work to get some B-roll footage on the camera. I did a great job again there. Uh, but honestly, I think I'm kind of getting ready to retire it. Uh, I know I've said that probably 10 times or so on the show now, but uh, I'm looking to kind of retire it to camera only use. So basically, it'll be just kind of a camera off to the side if I need it for now. Uh, if then whatever new device I get can replace it, then we'll, we'll see at that point. But for now, I'm just going to think about decommissioning it to... Uh, camera use only. I'll probably do a factory reset on it. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if I necessarily have to do a factory reset on it. It's not a, necess a necessity, but I uh, just feel like it'll help just keep it running at the uh, tip top shape without all the, the clunk on it that I, you know, that a daily driver phone has. 
and it'll honestly it'll stop the barrage of notifications every time I turn the device on after a few days or weeks or months or whatever uh, which has kind of been the case uh, I've been turning the G6 on and being uh, just bombarded with all of the notifications on Android this is kind of uh, one of the sticking points with Android is that if you see a notification on one device uh, the other device doesn't uh, it doesn't sync across the fact that you've already looked at that notification. So you get everything since the last time you turn the device on. But uh, yeah, factory reset should take care of most of that. So, but other than that, I think that's it for the the weekly report this week. Uh, we'll it's going to have to come to an end at some point here, probably when I get a new device, but maybe before then we shall see. So that's been this week's LG G6 weekly report. Okay, so I had a note in here. Uh, I wanted to give an update on my my mine or my wife's and eyes. <laughs> Our Fitbit Inspire HRs. Uh, these are the Fitbit. Uh, I don't want to call them smart watch fitness bands that my wife and I got this last spring. Uh, and it's kind of funny because uh, actually Mike Latore reached out about some information about this and uh, he couldn't have done it at a stranger time because both my wife and I have actually, we've gone back to using regular watches as of recently. I think last week uh, we decided to start uh, wearing our regular watches again, which we really like to do. Uh, we kind of had both come to the conclusion that the data that was being collected wasn't super valuable to us. Uh, the sleeping stuff was kind of interesting, but it just wasn't, uh, just wasn't that valuable for us, uh, like I said. So it just, the, the thing is, is you have to keep up and maintain all of the, the Fitbit stuff. You have to make sure you clean the watch every once in a while. Obviously you have to do that to a regular watch, but this has a heart rate sensor on it. So, uh, needs to be cleaned extra, uh, thoroughly. And also you have to keep up with charging the battery every uh, five days or so which isn't too big a deal but uh, we both honestly kind of like uh, old-fashioned quote-unquote watches specifically my wife who has a collection of Casio digital watches that she likes to wear she honestly had more troubles with her Fitbit Inspire HR we had to uh, restart it uh, quite a few times uh, which isn't the most simple process in the world you think there would be some way to do it on the watch itself but there's not you have to actually plug it into the charger which is a proprietary charger and it uh, you know so you have to have it around and then you have to put it on the charger let it make sure it's actually connected and then hold the button down for five seconds until there's a little smiley face and then the watch restarts so we had to do that a bunch of times because it kind of froze up on her uh, also the watch face on it uh, did not consistently turn on so basically the watch has a, a sensor where you turn your wrist and you, it'll recognize that and it turn and show the time or the, the watch face will turn on and uh, for her it did not work very well it was very inconsistent uh, which is <laughs> as you can imagine would be frustrating because you know you're still using it as a watch and she also had a bunch of sync issues with her phone uh, with and the Fitbit app so it just uh, that was another frustrating deal and uh, yeah it just uh, overall 
you know, I, I don't know that we were Fitbit people. <laughs> uh, if we were more active, maybe that would be better. And we're going to hang on to them. We're not going to necessarily uh, get rid of them. But for now, they're off to the side. And we're kind of back to wearing regular watches, regular old time watches. So uh, I actually wear a just a real basic Timex watch. And if you're a member of the the Whatever Works community on MeWe, uh, you can see a picture of it because I actually posted in a in a thread that uh, Ted Salmon started there about uh, regular old watches. Uh, so yeah, I put put that up there this week. But yeah, as for for the Fit, as far as the Fitbit goes, right now. Uh, we're kind of off of them for the moment. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's, they, they, they kind of just weren't for us, you know, uh, it wasn't that they're bad or that that information isn't valuable to someone, but for us, they just, uh, we kind of prefer the old fashioned way as far as a wristwatch goes. So I, st I have looked at, uh, potentially just getting a little clip that you can put the, the watch part uh, without the band in it or without the band connected to the watch, you can put the little fitness tracker itself into a clip that you can clip to, you know, your pants or any other items to still track certain things. I'm not sure how that would work with the, uh, heart rate monitor, if it would constantly be turning on and wasting the battery, but, uh, Either way, uh, that's uh, that's where we're at. We, I might do that just uh, so we can potentially get some use out of these things, but we shall see. But I just thought I'd throw back an update on that. Uh, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's not that we're we're anti these, <laughs> we're not anti Fitbit or smartwatch or anything like that. It just uh, didn't didn't work with our lifestyle necessarily. So, all right. So actually, speaking of my wife and uh, her phone, uh, if you haven't have listened along, you know that she has the Sony Xperia XZ1 Compact or XZ1 Compact, depending on where you are in the world. But uh, I decided to look into getting the fingerprint sensor working on that phone. So she, we have the US variant of the XZ1 Compact and it uh, the fingerprint scanner is not on by default. I think it has something to do with the, some sort of patents here in the US. They're not allowed to, <laughs> to turn it on in the software, uh, which was kind of a bummer after we got it. But uh, I could tell that my wife was getting a little frustrated with the pin thing. And now that uh, she's not wearing the Fitbit watch, you know, she, she's not constantly connected to Bluetooth device that would keep the phone unlocked and, and the location on smart in smart unlock is very inconsistent. So I decided to look into it more. And it actually turns out that there is a, a quite an easy way to do it to uh, enable that fingerprint sensor, at least for a techie like me, uh, to, to do this. There's actually a really great tutorial on Reddit. Uh, I'll put a link for this in the show notes to this Reddit post. Uh, kind of is exactly what I was looking for. Uh, so essentially, uh, to, what this post is about on Reddit is trying to get the XE1 Compact, the US version, to uh, enable, uh, trying to enable the fingerprint sensor while also keeping Wi-Fi calling and voice over LTE. So that's, uh, those, those are also important things that we wanted to keep working to, especially Wi-Fi calling, uh, because we don't get a strong signal in our house. Uh, and so essentially I have Wi-Fi calling turned on on, on our devices uh, for when you, if, when you hit a dead spot in the house, uh, it will connect 
uh, to the Wi-Fi and, and, and take calls and texting over Wi-Fi, which is really nice. It's a great feature to have. Uh, like I think I've mentioned in the past, uh, when we go to Walmart by us for some grocery shopping, uh, there is no signal in that Walmart. You can't get uh, any sort of signal, but they do have an open Wi-Fi network that you can connect to. And uh, because of that, you can still take phone calls and text messages uh, while you're there, which, which is why Wi-Fi calling is very good. So uh, I don't think that the Wi-Fi calling is included in the other firmware that we were using or that, that I was looking at uh, downloading and using. Uh, let me let me go over the process here of what was in this Reddit post. Uh, it's a very basic procedure. So essentially, you're using this Xperifirm software. Um, what this does is it, it kind of is a collection of all of the firmwares for all of the Sony devices, all the Sony Xperia devices. Uh, and so you use that to download the, uh, I used it to download the UK firmware for the XC1 Compact specifically. And then I also download, uh, downloaded the US firmware for the X1, XC1 Compact. Uh, so you basically download both of those firmwares. Uh, so you have them both. And then essentially, and I couldn't believe it was this simple, is you copy over, copy and overwrite a file from the US firmware files to the UK firmware files. So essentially, you download these two firmwares. Uh, it just sort of unpacks a folder full of files. And then uh, both of you, so you have two folders, one, U one US, one UK. So you take a file, uh, I think it's like this OEM uh, SIM file, and you copy and paste it into the UK files, overwriting the OEM SIM file in the UK files, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But uh, and then after you do that, you uh, after you install some drivers for the Sony phone, you put it into a flash boot mode, which I think you just hold down the volume down button and plug in the device to your PC and it uh, recognizes it in flashing mode and then you use uh, what's called new flasher uh, which you put into the UK firmware folder uh, it's an exe file and then you uh, open that up and it will flash the UK firmware but it will flash it with the the file that you copied into that folder uh, which in turn keeps the uh, Wi-Fi calling and voiceover LTE, which uh, we wanted to do. But if you read through this uh, Reddit post and kind of go through all the comments as well, uh, there was a huge tip in there that made things way easier uh, for me. Uh, in those comments, other people mentioned uh, in the, the firmware files, there's a user data file uh, that's in there as well. And so if that gets flashed on the device, it kind of erases all of the, the user data that's on the Android device and uh, or on your Sony device. And so essentially they said you can delete that file and it won't uh, flash the user data onto the phone and it'll keep all of the user data that's already there. Uh, so I was like, okay, that would be great. Uh, so essentially, though, <laughs> what I did was I made sure to back up all of the pertinent stuff on my wife's phone anyway, all the the uh, text messages and, and other things on the device and uh, pictures and stuff like that just to make sure we had it backed up in case some of this procedure didn't work or the phone, you know, got screwed up or whatever. So I backed everything up and then I ran through that tutorial on Reddit uh, and, and I did the user data thing where I deleted the, the user data file in the firmware and uh, 
yeah, so I ran through that. It took about five minutes to flash everything. It's very simple, very easy procedure. Again, check out the Reddit post for how to do it exactly. And then uh, I did that and rebooted the device and it booted up and it looked exactly the same as when I had turned it off. So I knew that no user data had been had been uh, erased. Uh, so, and for a second, I thought that the flashing actually didn't do anything until I opened the device or unlocked the device and saw that it was asking to add fingerprints. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a, it was a success. Um, the fingerprint option was enabled in the settings. Uh, so we were able to set up a bunch of her fingers and test it out, make sure everything was working. And yeah, the fingerprint scanner was officially working. And then I uh, also went through and checked all of the localization settings because this is a UK firmware. So I made sure that everything was US English uh, on there and everything was already set to the same. So I think the fact that the user data file was untouched actually made the, the flashing and the update to the phone a lot simpler uh, to to do um, just because <laughs> I didn't have to reset up the phone. I didn't have to. It wasn't like factory reset after I turned it on. Everything was still there. Uh, and so essentially her phone was still set up like it was before. Uh, so the user data trick worked as well. Uh, so I was very happy, very pleased with that. And it's been, uh, I did that yesterday and it's been working fine for the past couple days. So we actually added a couple of our other fingers <laughs> on that fingerprint sensor for uh, different situations that she uses the phone in. So, and uh, voice over LTE and Wi-Fi calling do still work on it. So the, everything is great, perfect. Uh, I was very happy to do that uh, because it, it's gonna help her have a better experience on that phone. Uh, there is one caveat to it. Uh, if you maybe you caught it already, but uh, over the air updates will probably remove the voice over LTE and Wi-Fi calling options. Uh, but they'll probably keep the the fingerprint scanner because essentially the phone is a UK phone now. So voice over LTE and Wi-Fi calling, I guess, weren't in this UK firmware. So if there is an over the air update, it'll probably overwrite everything and uh, need, so essentially what that it means for this phone now is that we're probably going to need to manually update doing this process each time there's an update and uh, Sony has been consistently consistently been providing her monthly security updates uh, for her device so she, every month she gets a, <laughs> a security update it's actually pretty pretty good on Sony to provide those uh, so I will have to manually update by, you know, downloading the firmware from this Xperia firm software, which is really honestly not the biggest deal in the world. Uh, eventually her phone will stop getting security updates. Uh, and honestly, for the, the convenience of the fingerprint sensor, it's a small price to pay to have that working for her. Uh, this is something she's not going to have to do, you know, uh, she's not going to be the one updating it. And honestly, I don't mind because it is such a simple process. So yeah, we got the uh, XC1 compact fingerprint sensor working here in the US. Uh, if anybody has the same sort of issue, uh, just let me know, uh, reach out with any questions you might have, because uh, as good as that tutorial is on Reddit, uh, there's, you know, there's always nuance to everything. So, and, and sometimes, you know, it's not as clear as it should be in certain sections, but I was able to get everything downloaded and running and, and drivers installed and everything as it should be. And uh, 
successfully get that fingerprint sensor working. And I'm pretty sure you can do this as long as you get, uh, you can do this with any other Xperia device as long as you have the correct firmware uh, downloaded for it. Uh, the, or, you know, two versions of the firmware, one with, you know, what you want and one without. Uh, because I think the XZ1 here in the US, not the compact version, actually the fingerprint sensor is disabled on that one as well. And uh, I think if you wanted to to enable the fingerprint sensor, I think you could do the same process for it with all of this firmware stuff. So yeah, nice little success story. I'm glad my wife has that up and running. It's just going to make make it a lot easier for her to use her phone now. All right, so with all of that stuff out of the way, let's get back into my new phone search. <laughs> so this week I actually uh, did order a device, or I should say last week, I did order a device and try it out. I actually did order and try the LG G8. Yeah, so that's the one that I was kind of most wanting to try on my list uh, from last time. So yeah, the spoiler alert, I did end up <laughs> returning the LG G8 after using it for a day and getting it set up. The, the main reasons why, uh, the hardware is really nice. I, I'll, I, you know, I'll get to the reasons why in a second, but the hardware is really nice on it. Uh, the camera was very good. Uh, but the reasons why that I returned the device is that the software I, LG has kind of let their software go on Android. I, I just, I don't, it, it doesn't feel as polished as, as the G6 software, uh, which is running Android 8. I feel like uh, I had this issue as well when I had the LG G7 in very briefly. Uh, the software is just a little unpolished. And in, in certain ways, it's, it's kind of nitpicky, but uh, it's kind of one of those things where it just doesn't set right. Like there's certain things with the, the notch and certain things with the home buttons that are a little bit off. Like uh, you can't set the background of the home buttons to be black. And I know this sounds weird. Um, like why would you want to do that? But uh, it's there's certain situations like I use Podcast Addict, which actually doesn't even have a light mode. <laughs> it's all dark modes. And so when you open that up, the background of the home buttons is still white and it does not look right. And so, yeah, that's very nitpicky. Yeah, I understand that, but uh, it's certain things like that and just other design elements and, and certain things in the software just feel very unpolished and it just not a good experience overall. Uh, but I think what really kind of sealed the deal uh, with this LG G8 and it was kind of surprising is that the speaker isn't just not very good on it. Uh, it's very thin. Uh, there's not very much uh, fidelity to it. As, and this is all to my standards. <laughs> I like a good speaker on a device because I like to listen to podcasts through it. And uh, that's uh, not, it, it just, it was not very good. I had almost everything set up. I was willing to kind of overlook most of the software stuff at one point. And then I uh, turned on a podcast. I, PSC was released on a Saturday. And so uh, I was able to download that and actually uh, start listening to it and immediately was disappointed. Uh, I turned on all the, the Dolby stuff on there, but uh, nothing seemed to get that speaker to be, uh, to have any better quality, 
which was unfortunate. Uh, it got very, it got loud enough, but uh, yeah, this, the quality on it was just not very good. So I, you know, I got it off of eBay and uh, luckily they had a return policy. So I was able to send it back and it's uh, sent back. So I'll get a refund on that to go back into the, the funds of getting another device. So, but yeah, that was just a real quick tryout of the LG G8. Uh, so that one's officially off the list. <laughs> Uh, and, and after something like this happens, uh, I start to kind of look a little bit harder at uh, phones that I have. Uh, like I said, this kind of tends to happen every time I go through the phone uh, searching process or phone buying process. Uh, I, I start to look at the phones I already have on hand and think, well, I could just use these. <laughs> so I even kind of consider going, this is the craziest one, is I consider going back to my Moto G third generation, uh, which is kind of, uh, you know, it's honestly not the worst device in the world because what happened is I started looking at lower end devices for kind of a simpler experience. And I thought the Moto G third gen is actually comparable to a lot of budget devices today. Uh, so I actually tried to get that set up because I discovered that there is a Wi-Fi calling option in the settings. Now, uh, this phone is from 2015, uh, the Moto G third gen. And... Uh, and Wi-Fi calling wasn't always a given in, in the settings, but I found that you could get to it through uh, an app called Activity Launcher, and you can get to it in the settings, but I couldn't get the Wi-Fi calling to actually work or stay on uh, in the settings, so that wasn't going to actually work. So I had it all set up, or I, I kind of refreshed the Moto G 3rd Gen, and uh, luckily I did that uh, because... I was able to put my wife's SIM card in it while I worked on her Xperia XZ1 Compact. So it uh, wasn't a total waste <laughs> trying to use that Moto G 3rd Gen again. I uh, consider going back to my Lumia 950. Uh, I think I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts that, you know, potentially going to a Windows Mobile or Windows Phone device uh, until the end of the year uh, when they finally sort of turn off all support for it. So uh, I couldn't get myself to do that either. And honestly, the, the Lumia 950 that I have is the AT&T version here in the US and does not offer any Wi-Fi calling options uh, that are supported with my SIM card or my service on T-Mobile. So uh, it's not gonna be an option, <laughs> unfortunately. I do have a Lumia 640. I could potentially put uh, my SIM card in that one because that is a T-Mobile version. I believe that has Wi-Fi calling on it as well. Uh, I also consider going to that iPhone 6S that I recently got. I'm just not quite ready to do that. <laughs> uh, that will be an experiment that I run. Don't worry, I haven't put the 6S away yet. So it will be, uh, we'll be using it at some point. But uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see on that one. I did consider that though. Uh, really, I just kind of feel like I want to go to a simpler software experience. Uh, the LG experience, like I said, is it's kind of clunky and uh, unpolished now these days. Uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, while uh, Samsung's One UI or, or their software experience looks like it might be a little bit better, I still feel that it would probably be a little bit too clunky for what I'm looking at, especially just because I'm kind of dis <laughs> disheartened by this uh, the fact that the LG G8 didn't work out how I thought it was going to. But uh, yeah, so the camera on a device isn't 
uh, necessarily on the top of my list is kind of what I discovered because if it was, I would probably just stick with the LG G8 and suffer through all of these little things <laughs> my first world for all the problems. So uh, yeah, camera not necessarily on the top of the list when it comes to a device because uh, I can always use a secondary device if I really need a decent camera. Uh, cough, <laughs> the G6, the LG G6. But uh, either way, let's just run back over real quick the original list that I had. So I originally had the Moto E5 Plus on the potential list and then the Motorola One Action, the Motorola One Zoom, the Nokia 7.2, the LG V30, the LG G7 and the LG G8. And then last week I went over my new list, which was the LG G7, uh, which is out, uh, which I'm officially ruling out, and the LG G8, which I'm officially ruling out. Uh, and then I had the Moto G7 Power or the Moto G7 Plus, uh, which was also in uh, T-Mobile branded variant called the T-Mobile Revel Revelry Plus. So yeah, those were that was my list before. Uh, my couple lists over the last two weeks. Uh, here's my new list, and this is all tentative. <laughs> this can all change uh, very quickly, and it all has been changing very quickly, especially after the G8 let me down so badly. But uh, yeah, so this is just where I'm at right now. That's how I'll put this. But this is my list for this week. So I did put, the, I actually put the LG V30 back on the list. Uh, but uh, I kind of ruled it out again after I watched a review or a, a speaker comparison between the LG V30 and the LG G6. So I know what the G6 sounds like, so I can kind of get a gauge in the video of what the quality is. And it was a very noticeable difference, uh, to me at least, uh, that the V30 speaker was not very good. And it kind of started making me... The reason I kind of looked for this video is because the uh, LG G8, had, the speaker on that one wasn't very good. So, And I know Simon Nobbs had mentioned in one of his comments uh, after uh, or his feedback on one of the episodes that the speaker is one of the letdowns of the LG V30. So after watching the comparison video, I decided uh, to rule it out again. <laughs> so I did put it back on the list and then ruled it out again. So I appreciate you, Simon, reaching out about that device. You've really been uh, uh, pushing for that one as the best one that I've mentioned so far. Uh, but uh, I think I'm just going to uh, have to pass on that one officially. Uh, I won't say officially because Lord knows it'll probably change next week. But anyway, so the LG V30. Uh, and then next that I put on the list, uh, and this isn't a surprise after what I talked about today, the Sony Xperia XZ1. Not the compact, just the regular XZ1 or XZ1. Uh, it would have to, I would have to do the same software stuff that I did with the compact to get the fingerprint sensor working. But uh you know, I kind of liked playing with my wife's phone. I thought the Sony software, even though there is a little bit of bloatware on there, was super fast. The interface is super fast. And the thing that I like about these Sony phones that I've been seeing a lot about is that the battery life, even though the phone has a smaller battery, I think the XZ1 has a 2700 milliamp hour battery. Uh, I saw nothing but good things about the battery life. Uh, on that uh, somebody saying that they consistently got seven hours of screen on time out of that battery which is pretty good uh, and I know my wife she gets through the day every day uh, she's hasn't had a day where her phone has run out uh, and she's put it through some pretty heavy use 
uh, over the time here. So she's, uh, I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very impressed by the battery life, uh, what Sony gets out of the, the battery life in these devices. And you know, the design on this XZ1 is not a, uh, you know, it's not super fancy. Uh, I think one of the reviews that I watched for it uh, yesterday, I'm not too concerned with bezels and all that stuff, but the, you know, the reviewer had was like, you know, it's not an edge, edge display, you know, it's not a glass back or stuff like that. But honestly, that stuff doesn't really matter too much to me. Uh, at this point, a software experience that's good and uh, as long as the phone's not too clunky, I'm not really that worried about it. Uh, so the design, I honestly don't mind the design of it. It's very much like the uh, XZ1 Compact my wife has, just a bigger version of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the Sony Xperia XZ1 is on the list as well. Uh, now, uh, here's a, uh, the next one on, that I put on the list uh, that I looked at was the Moto G6 Play. Uh, now, this is a device I actually own very, very, very briefly uh, in the past. Uh, but the reason I started looking at it again uh, was because it's super cheap right now. You can get it for about $99 in brand new condition. And it has a very good battery, 4,000 milliamp hour battery running on a Snapdragon 400 series uh, with a 720p display. So uh, just a very good overall battery life on that one. Uh, and I remember it being very good, uh, the battery life. I can't honestly remember at this time why I why I returned it. Um, we shall see. <laughs> but either way, that one's on there, Moto G6 Play. Uh, I still have the Moto G7 Power on my list. Uh, and I actually do have a chance to try that one out before I buy it. But uh, I'm still thinking about that. So I'll get back to that person. But uh, either way, the Moto G7 Power, the Nokia 7.2 has made its way back on the list. This one was originally, uh, or on my original list of devices. Uh, it's back on the list because I noticed that uh, Steve Litchfield is reviewing it on All About Windows Phone. Uh, so he did a comparison to the Lumia 950XL, I think it was. But I'm uh, waiting on his uh, camera comparison with the Lumia 950 uh, just to see how far off it is or how close it comes to the Lumia 950. Not, you know, knowing that it's not going to reach that level of uh, quality, but uh, it'll just be interesting to see that. And honestly, if it does a fair enough job, uh, the 7.2 could be back on my list uh, as an option. So uh, we'll see. Again, tentatively. Uh, waiting on the AAWP article with the uh, photo comparison there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's my new list. Uh, still another short one. Again, the, that's the uh, Sony Xperia XZ1, the Moto G6 Play, the Moto G7 Power, and the Nokia 7.2. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Again, this can, this, you know, could change as soon as I hit stop on the recording here. So who knows uh, where I'll be at after this is done. And uh, yeah, so I've tried out the LG G8. It's a no-go. But uh, we shall see what I end up doing next. So yeah, not sure. For now, my SIM card in the Moto X4, which is, you know, that's uh, <laughs> it's working out. You know, it all could come around and, and be, you know, just kind of one of those things where I end up using the Moto X4 for the next year, <laughs> uh, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's worked out obviously very well for me in the interim. Uh, I don't know if it's if I can if I want to keep using it as a main device every day, 
but uh, for now it's working and uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with my phone search. It's always, I always get, you know, things come and go on the list. I, you know, as I search around and come across deals and stuff like that, uh, which actually, yeah, that's why it could change again because we do have Black Friday coming up too. So I'm hesitant to get a phone before then because you never know what sort of Black Friday deal you might run into uh, and then, you know, be able to take advantage of that. But yeah, <laughs> again, not my favorite thing in the world, searching for a phone, uh, but uh, it uh, it gets a little easier uh, when I start to narrow the list down and, and move the list around and add and subtract and remove and re-add and, and do things like that. So it does help to talk it out on here. So, but uh, yeah, if you have any feedback about any of these phones that I've been talking about, uh, then please let me know if there's any you think I should add to my list based on what I've kind of included so far. I'm always open to, to hear about that. So yeah, uh, the phone search continues. All right, so let's wrap things up here on episode 94 of the Pixel Swim podcast. I appreciate you tuning in as always. If you want to head over to pixelswim.com and get in touch there via any of the social media links or the show notes page has a comment section. It's always open. I use uh, discuss comments on there so you can log in with your social media accounts and leave a comment real easy. Uh, it's always appreciated, like I say a thousand times every episode, but I really do appreciate any feedback. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week and we'll see if I got another phone in my hands or maybe a couple. Who knows? Who knows where I'll be at next week? But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Have a great afternoon or evening or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, it's going to be Thursday when this comes out. So maybe it's Thursday, whatever day it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. speed.